0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Mirikitani. Welcome to another episode of Matt Chat. Today, I am happy to be joined by the Vice President of the St. Louis Sports Commission, Mr. Chris Roseman. Chris, thanks so much for the time. How are you today?
1: Fantastic, Dave. How are you today?
0: I'm good, man. We survived nationals, and you had a you had a bunch of events here in the last six seven weeks in St. Louis, correct?
1: Yeah, we did. Um,
0: headline, of course, by the
1: NCAA Wrestling Championships, but uh, we. Uh, in that uh, a period of about 30 days, we hosted three national championships for the NCAA. We had women's uh, rows and four, which is hockey, and then we had the NCAA Women's Gymnastics Championships a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, I was actually down at Union Station. I saw the, the Penn State girls there and a bunch of the teams milling around. So from what I could tell and you know, watching social media, it looked like all three of those events were, were very successful for you and the Sports Commission
1: yeah well you you know it's the the sports commission's the top of the pyramid, so to speak, but uh you know you sound, you surround yourself with great people on your staff and your volunteers and and your key people, your venues and hotels and things like that. It gets a lot easier that's for sure
0: yeah and and that's kind of what I want to dig into today. I think you know obviously you're more than aware of the fact of the recent announcements of who is going to get the nationals for twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two And I appreciate you coming on. It's such an opportune time because I really want to kind of go into, for those of us, and and I think I feel like I know about what 1% of your job actually is, but for those of us that know 1% or 0 kind of explaining to the people that are listening some of the things. So I guess my first question is, what does a sports commission actually do?
1: Yeah, well, sports commissions are built differently throughout the country, and they're funded differently. And in this case, the St. Louis Sports Commission is a a non-profit private. Uh, We get no public dollars, and um, everything we we raise, we have to raise ourselves and support ourselves each year. So um, that could be a little bit different when uh, you compare yourselves across sports commissions in other communities that uh, that may benefit from um, various revenue sources, such as uh, hotel taxes or uh, maybe city support or state support or chamber of commerce and things like that, but Our case, um, you know, it's a very entrepreneurial type organization. Uh, we're 10 in the organization and we have a foundation as well. And, um, you know, we have to go out and and bid for and, and win events and then produce those events to the highest quality and build up that reputation. So, you know, hopefully we can get more back and, you know, that, um, you know, with, uh, with the recent success of those three championships that we produced, every one of them was, you know, a Grand Slam. Um, you know, we were we were lucky enough to get 13 more NCAA championships in this bid cycle.
0: Wow, wait, wait, you got 13 different events in the next, the 2019 to 22 bid cycle? Is that what you just said?
1: That's what I just said, yeah. Headlined, of course, by the NCAA Wrestling Championships. Um, we also... Of NCAA basketball Division One, we have Division Two wrestling comes back here again, like nice. um, with uh, Maryville University and Coach Denny, nice. and, uh, and then we have uh, some Division Three championships as well. So we're gonna have a full plate, and um, like I said, you know, before we're we're only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's only six people on staff, you know, plus uh, interns that uh, that work their tails off to make all this happen. But it's, it goes far beyond just, just our staff. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. I know you're, you're very quick to, to deflect, uh, credit and, and, and compliment the people around you. And I really want to get into more of that of, of how you guys build this. So, but what I think you kind of answered my next question was, you know, what's the difference and similarities of sports commissions around the country? And it sounds like it's whether it's a profit or, or a for-profit or a non-profit and whether or not it's, uh, one of those things where you get tax dollars and, and all those kind of things. Are those the primary differences?
1: Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, some sports commissions um, are built differently. You know, they're not built as deeply or with the experience, the event experience that we bring to the table. You know, we're a, we're a full, we're a, we're a full service shop. You know, we could, we could take an event and we could take the risk position uh, on an event, or we could just simply support the event. But, and this, in the case of wrestling, you know we we take the risk, and um, you know we we take the uh, we take charge of the operations with the NCAA, of course, and, and their fine staff. But you know the marketing, the selling of the tickets, the, the fan experience, the student athlete experience, um, you know, the, you know the, the accounting, the legal, the whole thing, you know, is what the St. Louis Sports Commission's approach is. And while some of the sports commissions are, are maybe more of a facilitator. Um, you know, where they kind of, you know, can, can introduce you to the right people to make the right things happen. And so, you know, some of these, some of these championships are, are driven by the schools some are driven by the, uh, the venue, uh, where they take more of a lead, um, with it. So in our case, we, we take the lead, but I'm going to deflect again. I'm telling you, uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't surround yourself with a great venue and a, and a great host like the University of Missouri, um, and with great volunteers and great hotels, it, it just doesn't happen. And um, you know, with St. Louis hosting this championship eight times since 2000, um, you know, it's it's definitely a, a formula that works for us.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I I think everybody knows, but I live in St. Louis, and I'm completely biased towards having the nationals here in St. Louis, and. You and I have been friends for a long time and I think your kids actually go to the high school I went to. So it, it's definitely a long-term relationship. But having said that, you mentioned something that was, uh, you know, I, it kind of caught me off guard. You said some events are school driven and some events are venue driven. For those of us that don't understand, what's, what's the difference and how that, how that ends up looking to us at the end of the day?
1: Well, you know, if a, if a, if a championship is on a, uh, on a campus of a university, that university is probably going to take the take the lead on on producing that event. So you know you've got your your regional events, your re- that lead up to the national championship. But you know the, the school they they do this all the time, right? University of Missouri and Brian Smith and his staff sure. uh, produce many wrestling championships, and you know they they might take on a you know a, a conference championship on on school on school grounds and make it all happen. Okay, um, you know that's that's that one. In, in other cases, the venue might uh might uh take the lead on it and uh they might, you know, uh ex- expend some resources uh to make sure the tickets are sold, the resources uh on operations and, and putting the whole thing together. Um so that's that's kind of what I mean. In our case, you know, we we take the
0: financial lead on wrestling, um but um we definitely bring in other parties to make it all happen. Cool. That makes that makes a lot more sense. I appreciate it. Um okay. about ten years ago I actually talked to the NJCAA about bringing the nationals to St. Louis and they sent me like a 50 page bidding document. And after realizing I would basically have to stop coaching my team to bring the nationals here, I just kind of threw my hands up in the air and, 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 you know, just gave up on that. What exactly goes into the bidding process, not the hosting process. I'm going to ask about that in a minute, but like when, you know, okay, 2019 to 2022 is up for bid, and the NCAA is going to bid these multiple sports. I'm just going to focus on wrestling because that's that's what our audience cares about. But what goes into bidding on the NCAA Nationals? And I'm going to ask it a couple different ways, and then I'll shut up and give you the floor. Do you bid on multiple years? Do you bid on, you know, we'll do it in the arena versus the dome, or we'll do it in either? Do you have to promise revenue upfront to the NCAA? Do you have to promise improvements? you know what all goes into just the bidding process?
1: Well, it starts it starts before the bid comes out. um you know the approach that I always take uh that we always take is to understand what you're what you're getting into and understand the event. you know I think you know anybody can probably put on a wrestling event and and pull it off and get to the end and you got championships and all that kind of stuff, but I think it's really important to understand the sport, and understand the people around the sport, and understand what, you know, what is required for a successful event, and, um, you know, I think, you know, by visiting the event, you know, I've been to this event since 2000 every year. I never miss it. Um, Sometimes, you know, we only hosted eight of those, but um, I think it's really important to understand and to get a sense of what the coaches are looking for, for what the administrators are looking for, student-athletes, and, you know, all the different all the different contingencies, um, are, you know, all the different, uh, folks that are involved with the event. So it starts actually before the bid comes out. And then, you know, the NCAA does a terrific job of, uh, you know, they come out with the, uh, bid process. And the last two cycles, they've actually come out and they've bid every championship except for a, a handful. Like the College World Series doesn't travel around, but, right. um, they, they've bid out every championship. So it's not just one you're bidding on. You're, you're bidding on, we have been on a lot of events, we got thirteen. Um, but um you have to you have to kinda go through and comb through each one of those campuses but drilling down to wrestling, you know, it starts with um it starts with venue availability. Um it's Scott Trade Center we've got um, you know we look at we work with our partners over there and they clear the, the dates and make sure blues hockey is, is uh is okay because that's our primary tenant. Right. And, uh, Scott, Scott Trace Center also hosts the, um, Missouri Valley Conference Arch Madness tournament in March. So we gotta, we gotta work with that and make sure we, you know, we work, we play, uh, we play nice and make sure the Blues are, I mean, uh, they play nice with us, actually, right. uh, to make sure the event works. So, um, start with your venue, you know, and of course you're, you're working with your host and making sure the University of Missouri is on board and, uh, making sure the hotels have availability and there's no, uh, there's no huge conventions in town during during the championships because we all know what the hotel demand of this championship is, and um, you know the it's you have to have these people in as close as possible to the venue, so they could walk around and enjoy the atmosphere. Uh, that's in downtown St. Louis, so those are where you're starting from. Making sure those things are all kind of lined up and ready to go, and and then you make sure you you understand the you understand the event. If you're making a commitment, a financial commitment to the NCAA that you're going to deliver. So it's a financial modeling that you have to put together to, you know, to uh, to show that you know what you're talking about and, and you're going to hit your numbers and a strong marketing plan and 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 how that's going to work and and then you know, then you go above and beyond and you talk about all those experiences I talked about before the student athlete experience, the coach experience, the, the SIDs, the, the administrators of each university, the the fans, the media, all those things and make sure you got them all locked up and Ready to go in and in a in a vision for the event, if you will, uh, to uh, to you know pull off when it does come. And of course, your 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 volunteers can't <laughs> can't forget about those folks. Yeah. I mean, my first championship. Full disclosure: I'm a soccer guy. Yeah,
0: I was not into that. <laughs> you
1: know, I I got uh, I got this job January 17, two thousand, and I'd never seen a wrestling event before in my life. And um, so thank God we've got. I think the best LOC, local organizing committee in the country, and um, you know they—they, they, I took their lead and you know made sure that uh, they had what they needed to be successful in 2000, and um, and we've had I think probably 90 to 95 percent of those people are still involved with the event, and um, you know it's it's a uh, it goes well beyond the event. It's the relationships that you have with those folks and. And, uh, and I'll go to I'll go to battle with those guys every every time we do wrestling, and they make it better and better every year.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you, you said a lot of things that I want to touch on. I was just taking notes as you were talking. One of them is, or two things that popped up to me immediately. You, you mentioned the comment, the financial commitment to the NCAA, and what else popped up in my head was as you were talking about how the NCAA. Offers multiple sports championships to, and multiple venues and schools and, and LOCs and cities can bid on this. How, from your perception, does the NCA look at overlap? Like, do they say, well, if we give St. Louis as an example, the Division I Nationals in 2021, then we're not going to give them other stuff. Or is it really looked at in sort of independent silos?
1: No, no, no. They, they're very strategic and what, and what they, what they award to, to the cities and, and what they think cities can handle. You know, you got to remember, sure. I mean, of course you're not going to use the same venue, but you got, you only have so much media exposure that you could have between the, between the events. So you don't want to cannibalize that. And you only have so much resources you have with your staff. You know, how far can you stretch them? So, and they, they know the limits of, of each of their cities. They've done a great job of becoming familiar with each of their, their bid cities and, and, and understanding what they bring to the table and what they are capable of pulling off. So, you know, and, you know, it's the venue and it goes beyond. I, mean, I think um, the NCAAs have done a wonderful job of, of figuring out, um, you know, the best places for these cities, uh, best places for these events and, uh, and piecing that huge puzzle together um, every, you know, two or three years when they do this big process and, when they do these, a warning of the event. So I think uh, they do not happen in this aisle, that's for sure.
0: Okay. And you mentioned financial commitment is when school, and again, I'm just thinking about wrestling, and I think that's how our listeners are. Is I, I would have, and I'm not going to ask the numbers, I'm not sure you'd even be allowed to tell me, but if St. Louis bids dollar X and city, you know, whatever bids dollar Y. Is that one of the primary factors from your perspective of, of who they decide to go with, or is it just one of many factors?
1: It's one of many. Yeah. It's one of the primary. Of course, you know, the wrestling is one of the NCAA championships that is a revenue producer for, That's for fair. the NCAA. Right. You know, so they've, they've got to make sure that this one does well um, and, and continues to do well, uh, you know, in the future. So they, they have to make sure that you just don't get through it and they, I mean, I think any city can probably throw out a number and, but shoot, you gotta live with that number and you gotta make it hit. Uh, the NCAA is very dependent upon their, their host to deliver not only, you know, you know, financially, but just a great championship. So that the event continues to grow and, and, and continues to get, uh, uh, more and more, uh, you know, eyes on it and more and more kids wrestling and, you know, develop more wrestlers for, for their, for their member institutions and make sure they're strong as well.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I, and so you've, I think you've done a really good job of explaining to folks, you know, OK, this is all the stuff they, that goes into the bid. And I'm sure this is obviously all in a format and it's, everything's written up and goes in front of a committee. Once you win the bid, like you, you had the Nationals here this year, you're going to have the Nationals again in 2021. Besides the obvious stuff, like you have to have mats and you have to have table workers and you have to have officials and uh, you know, you got to make sure the hotels are, you know, coordinated and stuff like that. What are some of the behind the scene things that people wouldn't think of, but that are really key to actually not bidding on it? But now that you've got it, to hosting it successfully.
1: Well, it's you know, it's fun about this event in 2000. You, you did everything you could just to get through it. Right. Because you, you had two or three months to pull it off. Now, the LLC was put together before that. But gosh, that's all you know—mat tapes and mats and score clocks—and and back in that day, you know, back in that day, we had three NCAA administrators on this. There was three. Now there's a lot more than three um, that that uh, that come to the table to to make this all happen. And you know, we've done a, we've done a good job of you know recording things and you know kind of writing the book, if you will, right. um, on how to operate the event. So. You know the, the fun part about this championship, the one, and this is what I love about this championship is you get to make it better. And um, you know we don't we don't spend a lot of time on the operational elements of the event anymore. Um, you know we spend a lot of time on the experience. You know of the student athletes first, and making sure they have a great experience, and then working out from there. So, you know we spend a lot of time on what happens. You know uh, around Scotts Raid Center. Uh, around the fan fest, you know, when you know we tried to build up, as you saw uh, this year, we we tried to we tried to stretch the event a little bit. We think this is a a celebration of of wrestling, of of the sport of wrestling. So, you know, we know people, you know, save up and vacation times, and right. they're coming and they're going to spend four or five days here in St. Louis, and you know, we want to we want to make sure we expand, you know, beyond or you know, start the celebration. In our case, we started Sunday night, you know, with with some of the events that you and I kind of worked on, and, sure. and then Tuesday night with the border brawl, and then Wednesday night with the function, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday is are the events. So, you know, and making sure all those kind of things happen, and and understanding what's important to the college coaches, you know, the, this is a big time for them. You know, they need to showcase their sport. Um, they they need to you know have their fans have a great time. So the parties. Um, that happened, um, you know, on, on Saturday and after on Saturday evening are very important as well as for people to get together socially and, right. you know, and, and, and talk. And, and I know what it's like, you know, I just, you know, that's, that's, you know, I, the nitty gritty of the operations of the event, you know, it's, it's, it's a wrestling event, right? 330 kids come in. It's big. Uh, eight maths and ESPN and all the operational elements are, are very complicated and um, but we have a current like I said, we have a great staff, and so we got a building that gets it too. I don't know if you noticed this, but you know this this year session six was the best it's ever looked um you yeah, know with the way we were able to the way, the way we were able to put all the the chairs um you know bring them up to the mat and we went to a two foot stage a couple of years ago. We actually bought a two foot stage the building didn't own one, so I went out and bought it because we knew we were going to use that stage time and time again because that's important for this championship. We used to be on that four-foot stage where the chairs had to be back. So, you know, making sure it's better, you know, that's that's the most important thing. Making sure it leaves you know, St. Louis better in 2017 than we found it, and we're going to make it better next time we have it. Supercare.
0: Yeah, and, again, you're saying a lot of things that I think were really interesting to people. You and I have talked about this privately, but I think it's really bears repeating to the to the audience, Going back to say 2000, because I think that's where you can see massive growth or change. What, what are some of the, the big changes that have happened, uh, under your watch to the Nationals to make it a better experience for, uh, the student athletes, for the coaches, and then for the public? I mean, I, it sounds like you obviously focus on the, the student athletes first, but clearly there's, you know, there's more, To it than that, because I mean, there's 18,000 people attending. So what are some of the massive or even just smaller changes that are, you know, kind of a big deal?
1: Well, you know, I think, um, you start out with the student athletes, you know, making sure they've got a, you know, a a good place to practice. You know, we've, we've kind of gone back and forth with, you know, the idea back in the day that we had, you know, they didn't, didn't have a lot of, there's, when you go to these arenas, there's not a lot of backstage space. So, you know, one of our LSE members had the idea, let's, let's go to the hotel. And, um, so for a time there, we were in hotel ballrooms or the team hotel
0: right. where they
1: literally just walk outside their, outside their room and, and go practice and get right back upstairs. And, and now we have, yeah, now we have Peabody Opera House. And, um, so, you know, practice space is very important to these, to these student athletes that are here. Um, you know, back in the day, there used to be a, there used to be a student athlete banquet on Wednesday night. Well, no, the student athletes weren't too hungry. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah.
0: no, no, that's not true, Chris. They were really hungry. They're just yeah, they're really hungry. hungry. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that's good eat. That's exactly that's right. True. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> uh, you know, so we, uh, we worked with the NCAA to create a different, uh, system that was, you know, that, that didn't require them to go to a, a function on Wednesday night and, um, just allocated that money somewhere else, you know, towards the student athletes, um, to give them better experience. So, um, gosh. There's, you know, there's just the matter of fact of, um, you know, the team hotel used to be, yeah, it, we flipped them. You know, the team yeah. hotel used to be eight blocks away. Now it's two blocks away. Right. Um, you know, where the kids can, you know, the student athletes can literally walk up the street, and uh, yeah, they can't take a van or, or something like that. But most typically walk and and you know, it's, it's a lot easier and a lot less stress. It's you know, way for less those stressful guys.
0: for a coach. You know, if you've got right. instead of trying to herd cattle or cats and, you know, get them on a bus or a, you know, a shuttle and worried about traffic, you can, you know, your timing, like it'll take 12 minutes door to door to walk slowly or something. like right. that. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's extremely important. I agree. Yeah. 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 And just, you
1: know, this year we, we create a whole new entrance for the student athletes and the coaches, you know, it was, we decided, you know, we, these guys need their own entrance. Um. So, you know, they used to share an entrance with uh, you know, the media and, and volunteers and things like that. Well, we created their own entrance this year on, on, on the Peabody Opera House side. So, you know, for them, and then they get that personal service that um, that our LLC gives them. You know, it's it's fun to see, it's fun to see Coach John Smith or Brian Smith or you know, uh, Coach Brand come in and you know see our guys and recognize the faces. You know, so and I think that's that's really important too. So, you know, and just that personal touch and understanding what's important for. For the student athletes, and you know, the media—it counts for the media too. You know, we created a whole new um, avenue for the media, and you know how important it is for the for the media to uh, to access the student athletes down below after they come off the mats, and you know, creating a mixed zone—you um, know—that's that's more operational in nature that your fans probably don't care about, but you know, it's important to get the you know to get the to equip the media to get the stories out there because you know, in this day and age, when you've got uh, you know, instant media, where you're on on facebook or instagram or or, you know track wrestling or whatever it might be it's it's everywhere so it's it's really important to adjust to the different technology that's out there and and uh, and make sure we make the maximize the exposure for the sport
0: yeah yeah and i think those are things that like the people don't think about but just like i mean i i worked for track wrestling this year on the media side and yeah, to just be able to go through that area as opposed to going through the general public side and, you know, knowing that that's how it worked. It was my first year doing that, but, you know, I followed some guys that had done it a lot longer than me and just those little things like that. And I can imagine if I wrestled in the tournament, I really wouldn't want to walk in the same spot as the media or volunteers. You're going to get bugged, get questions asked, stuff like that. And you're, you're going over there to do the job you've spent 52 weeks getting ready for. So I think, you know, that's, that's a... a I would think maybe an improvement that people wouldn't think of, but it would make a big difference to the kids. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. You helped me like four years ago with uh, the first uh event we did with Randy Couture here to raise money for the veterans. And I, you know, I came over, picked your brain, and you had this incredible spreadsheet of volunteers and committees and, and organization. You speak to me all the time about your volunteers. How important is that that level of organizing and the spirit and the hard work of these volunteers to successfully hosting?
1: Uh, it's kind of your secret weapon. Now it's not so secret anymore. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you started those, it. You talked about it yeah. first, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's what no other city has. It's what no other venue has, it's what no other organization has is – you know, 17 years of experience and Hey, well, we, we hosted eight times. we go every year. Um, so it's not just me going to the championships. It's, it, we probably have 10 to 15 people going every year that, that get together that take notes that say, Hey, you know, some, some cities, uh, do a really great job with certain elements of the championship. And we take those ideas back, you know, they're not all our ideas. Right. And so, you know, it's, 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 I mean, I, I love seeing the new stuff that's kind of out there. So, you know, it's the, um, you know, it's that, it's those relationships that those, each of those volunteers personally has with the event and with the people around the event. Um, that really makes it special for us and that really no other city can kind of copy, um, because of the long longstanding, you know, long standing relationship they have with, it goes beyond 2000. I mean, these people have been going to the event for 30 years, right. uh, maybe in some cases 35, 40 years I and mean, they've been going a long time. And, uh, they've seen the evolution of it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's probably the secret sauce (laughs) is, is, is that, um, local organizing committee that are so committed to it. Um, that, and they took that same experience. Here's what's fun about this. So uh, in 2015, we hosted the D2 wrestling championships. Right. And we took the we took the same model that we had for the D1 experience for those student athletes and coaches, mm-hmm. and put that right. We put it in a smaller venue, right down the street at Shaffer's Arena at Saint Louis University. Correct. And try to get that same experience. They were, you know, there were carpet everywhere. You know, the presentation was was top notch. Uh, you know, we had a, the two foot stage that I mentioned earlier. Uh, you know the the spotlights, uh, you know the, the the big crowds. We use our marketing power to make sure those, make sure they have you know big crowds for that event, and um, you know that same LLC came together to produce that event to give that same experience to those um, Division Two student athletes. So you know they're 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 unbelievable. They're an unbelievable group.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I think probably I mean you know when you're in the wrestling in any wrestling city community, though you know those people, but I know for a fact I'm. You know, probably friends with fifty or sixty of those folks that are on your committees and it was it's super impressive to look at um for people that and you've mentioned this, but you're a soccer guy, but you know we've talked, and when you first started to get into this, I know you actually went and visited with my dad and people like that. How do you personally feel about wrestling and the Division one and Division two nationals coming here from a guy that was a soccer guy you know fifteen I know you're still a soccer guy and do a lot here in St Louis but you know I feel like you're an honorary wrestling guy now, so you know how is that how has that evolved or changed for you over the years?
1: well, soccer guys are they're they're, <laughs> they're weaklings compared to what the the wrestling athlete goes through i mean i see I see this and I see you know from going to matches, you know for going to meets and and going up to meeting with coach coach smith and and seeing various meets there and just seeing these meets all throughout the country and um you know the 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 student athlete wrestler is a it, oh the wrestling the wrestling athlete period is is special is it's 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 emotional. i mean these guys come off the mat and sometimes you know when they lose this might be their last match um Correct. you know it's for for me it's it's a way of life that um that i 've never lived and, um, you know, the, for the, for the soccer athlete and for many other athletes, you could, you could play on the field and then, you know, five minutes later, you could eat whatever you want. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a way of life for these guys. And, um, it, it permeates well beyond the bat. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's one-on-one, you know, it's a, it's a one-on-one sport that's have uh, the most admiration for. And, and these, these, these kids, student athletes are just, you know, they're, they're amazing. They simply are amazing student athletes. And, and I have the most pride for them. And, you know, these are not, you're not going to see them get the big basketball contracts and, right. you know, baseball contracts and football contracts that are out there. And they don't, they're, they're, the, they're a very humble group. Um, they're very appreciative of, of whatever you do for them. And, um, and I, and I really, I just really cherish a student athlete. That's, that's a wrestler. I I just think it's, it's, it's an amazing sport. Um, I really do lo- love to watch it. Um, I, should, I think I wrestled one match in middle school, got pinned and that was it. And so <laughs> this is as far as I got. Um, so it's, uh, it's not, uh, not a very, uh, not a very good topic for me, the wrestling sport, as far as my participation record, but, um, I surely, I admire the coaches and, and everybody around the sport and just the character that it builds. Yeah. And um the character of the coaches, uh in and, and what they instill in their and their folks and the character and the fans that that, that used to wrestle. I, I think it's just an amazing it's an amazing sport to be around.
0: Yeah, and I think that people that know you, you know and, and I know that has to impact the bid because you do you you are your level of admiration for the kids and you really care about wrestling and the sport, I I think it shows. Um you know me I'm a numbers guy and a, an economics guy one of the things I've always wanted to ask you, and I just never really thought of it until we agreed to do this is what is the economic impact on a city like like how much will Cleveland benefit next year in Pittsburgh and uh you know Minneapolis and Detroit and St. Louis like what's the economic impact on a city the week that they host nationals
1: the, the studies have been done that show the economic impact is, you know, anywhere from 11 to, you know, 13, 14 million dollars on a oh community God. while it's in town. Wow. Yeah. So that's, you know, that, that's very important. Um, that's very important for a community. Let me put it that way. Um, but that's not what drives the St. Louis Sports Commission. That's a, that's an element that we, that we can, we can point to. Sure. Um, but, um, we don't, we don't make any more money by, 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 you know, by economic impact, even though it's important. Um, but, um, you know, that's, that's about, those are the numbers that I've been told.
0: Well, but I, I think, and, you know, people that are listening are certainly going to be on your side and my side on this, but for people that kind of just think that, you know, sports and especially what they consider the non-revenue sports, you know, like, oh, you don't really need them. You know, it's, it's a waste of money. Like, you know, a city like St. Louis, you kind of split the average and say, hey, you know, St. Louis benefited $12 million, you know, in the month of March. That, I mean, that's gigantic. And I mean, the, the the businesses in this area should be supporting the St. Louis Sports Commission. The cities in Cleveland should be soor- supporting the Cleveland Sports Commission as they make these bids, you know, when the impact is that huge and that documentable. So, yeah, yeah I, you know, sure, yeah. and I think you've done a good job with that here in St. Louis and But you know, I I just, I guess, you know, I think a lot of people that are people of influence listen to this, and it's it's good for other people to actually be able to, you know, throw a number around. I mean, you know, I'm going to use that 11 to 14 million when people talk about, well, wrestling doesn't make any money. It's like, well, not really true. So. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. It makes a lot, and you know that. I mean, that goes to our board. I mean, you know, a lot of our funding's private. You know, it's, it's the private companies here in town, and. You know, we wouldn't be around. Uh, I came out of the for-profit sports business, and um, you know, this this event, you know, is, is there's a, there's a reason why there's not you know promoters that, that do this event. It's it's mostly done by by venues or, or by sports commissions or by you know convention and visitors commissions that that rally to bring it together. I think Cleveland's gonna do a great job. They're built very similar to us. We have a huge amount of respect for the Cleveland Sports Commission, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do next year.
0: It actually leads into the next question I was going to ask you was what are you most interested in seeing in Cleveland, Pittsburgh? And and I specifically want to talk about Minneapolis and the dome in the next three years.
1: Well, you know, I don't, I don't know what Cleveland, I'll, I'll see when I get there, I guess. Um, you know, we, uh, I, I really don't know what to expect in Cleveland. Uh, I know they're, they have a similar setup, um, with, uh, St. Louis and, and that their, their arena is downtown and has, uh, has hotels and, and restaurants and, 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 uh, entertainment avenues for them. You know, I, I did see the division went back to that traveling and seeing events before I bid on them. I did go to, uh, Cleveland to see division two wrestling championships. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot like St. Louis. I think it's going to be, you know, it's located in Ohio. Um, they're gonna get great support from from the neighboring sure. states and I think they're gonna do great on the ticket sales and they okay. and momentum will continue. I have no doubt about it. I mean that event will sell out. Yeah. And um, you know, I think, you know, they're gonna do they're gonna do great. I mean I I mean they Dave Gilbert over there at the at the Cleveland Sports Commission does a great job, you I know, mean, him and his staff. So um I don't know what to expect that's any different. I guess that we'll just have to wait and see when we get there as far as what they do inside the venue. And um uh, as far as you know, the other cities, I, you know, again, I'm not sure, you know, Detroit has got the new venue. Um, I don't know what's, what's, a, I don't know what anything about that, that venue. Um, Pittsburgh, um, has hosted before they've hosted other NCAA championships in the past. So, um, they're, um, they're a good group of people over there as well. And in Minnesota, I'm not sure what can, what, uh, how that's going to go. Minnesota has got a lot of they're going to bring different elements to the event and in, in the, in the, primarily in the area of space, you know, kind of space to, to be able to take care of the student athletes. So, you know, they're going to be able to, um, you know, have plenty of practice in that space that's on site and um, they have, you know, places for their teams to gather um, down in what we call the event level, um, you know, so they're going to have, they're going to be blessed with space in, in Minnesota.
0: Yeah. And you were the one that educated me, you know, we were talking maybe six, eight months ago and talking about, you know, obviously, as a guy who's a coach in junior college, you're always making sure your guys are eligible. And, you know, the wrestling is a one semester sport that from at least that one isolated point of view, you know, your your kids can focus more on academics in the fall and focus more on the sport in the spring. And you are the one that first brought it up to me. and, And it's been very helpful when Andy and I do our podcast about, hey, if they do this and push it back to late April or beginning of May, that any city with an NBA or NHL team will, if they stay in arenas, will no longer be able to host. So in your mind, what are the sort of the pros and cons of the NCAA, the national dates going to one semester from a, a host city point of view? Because, I mean, for people that don't live in St. Louis, if you chose to, if that happened, you could bid on it with the Dome here. So from your point of view as the host, as a sports commission, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you know, I you know this is um I think the NCAA committee and and the staff knows a lot more obviously know a lot more about this topic than I do. But as you mentioned, I mean it's you know the wrestling championships are, are go beyond Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know right. you're moving into the venue on Monday morning at eight o'clock. Um, at least we do anyway. We we like to give the student athletes as much time as possible to get acclimated to the to the venue and get on the on the mats on Tuesday and you know start practicing at one o'clock. And, um, so they have a day and a half of practice before the, before the meet actually starts. The door, uh, you know, the event actually starts on Thursday. So, you know, if, um, I, I guess maybe you could go in Tuesday night, um, and get it done like New York did. Uh, but, um, it just, you know, kind of crunches your time a little bit. But, uh, you know, as far as the, the venue, you know, just as you mentioned, the NHL and the NBA playoffs, the, the, the building just can't give you the dates. You know four years out when you're in the bid process because you know the blues hope they're in the playoffs every year which they are this year um so you know that's that's the one limitation i got to look at the uh time of year you know is probably i've I've heard this you know this um mentioned numerous times about getting out from underneath that window or that uh uh, the the microscope of, of basketball you know that kind of affects things and takes up a lot of Print and and radio and, and TV so the attention uh, might be um might be greater for the sport of wrestling if it's held in, in April or or may or whatever it might be so um you know I think that's that's one thing to consider you know the weather is going to be a little better I would think you know in between sessions and things like that so depending on where you go of course but um you know that could be an advantage to taking it to uh, to a one semester sport so I mean those are just uh, I, you know, I, you take it to the dome. You know, it's that's that's definitely possible because uh, they're they're doing that in the next cycle. And we'll, we're all watch, watching to see how that goes.
0: Yeah, and I and when Andy and I were talking about this before the bid, you know, my impression was, look, we'll be able to just kind of read the tea leaves and see how serious they are about this and and what will happen. And so I think it's it is interesting. Like you can tell that they're at least you know they're sort of. Probing at it. They're going to see, okay, we'll see how these guys do with the dome and how it's received and everything else. So mm-hmm. yeah, when, when, when the nationals come back here in 2021, what sort of changes or improvements can people expect in terms of the Scott Trade Center, in terms of, you know, the host hotel finishing the renovation, stuff like that? What are like some really noticeable differences that people will be able to see? Yeah. Well,
1: f- first, you know, we, we know, I mean, it's no secret. Um, that we needed as a community to invest in Scotts Raid Center and in Union Station, um, to make it a, a better experience for all. And we, you know, the Scotts Raid Center was, came online in 1994 and, and, um, you know, it's had private owners throughout. It's, it's a privately owned business or, you know, venue and they've done a tremendous job of, of fielding a, a competitive hockey team and, and hosting concerts and, in hosting NCAA championships, whether it's whether it's wrestling, basketball, hockey, uh, gymnastics, whatever it might be, uh, over the years, but time has come, you know, for right. for this community to, to invest in in Scott Center. So, the city of St. Louis is uh, is stepped up in a big way, and you are probably not going to recognize many elements of Scotts Center next time it comes through in 2021. Uh, you know, the event level where the student-athletes are is, is going to be completely refigured reconfigured down there. Um, you're going to see, um, you know, new seating um, that's going to come on in, in, in the bowl of Scott's Raid Center. You're going to see a new center hung. They've already ordered the center hung, um, you know, the jumbo screen that you see in the middle of the arena.
0: Oh, okay. That's,
1: that's, um, you know, and I, I was talking to, uh, to the Scott Trade folks, which are working their tails off. They're, they don't have a summer off, by the way. They're going to be working the entire summer making all this happen. Um, so, you know, Chris Zimmerman, Alex Rodrigo, those guys are just doing a tremendous job of, of, you know, getting ready for this, for this huge upgrade. That they're gonna do with uh with the center hung and making sure the in-bowl experience is is better uh you know making sure you know they're they're in front of the state right now as well, and hopefully they can get um the, the additional support they need uh you know to to really you know to get this the venue all the way up to you know to where we need it to be, so you know that's that's on the scott race center side it's it's gonna be a great experience for the student athletes down below with all the space uh, that that we'll have down there and then it's going to be a huge experience for the for the uh the fans and you know the media and the wifi and all the technology that they're going to invest in so that's going to be terrific inside inside the building as far as uh union station uh they're they're probably noticed um that there's a lot of construction going on yeah. uh over there and um you know unfortunately we couldn't have it all kind of done in time for this year but you know, it's the price of progress and, um, you know, they're gonna, they're putting in millions of dollars into that venue to, uh, to upgrade that to make them what is known as the Midway or the, the Fan Fest. That'll get a lot bigger. Um, they're I, going I like to, to call per- that
0: the border brawl location, but I understand the
1: border brawl location. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We should rename it. And then, uh, they the, uh, the south side of that that used to be all the restaurants, um, that uh, we used to frequent uh, in between sessions. The, uh state of the art aquariums and to go in there with restaurants and things like that that are gonna be around it, so look for a lot of upgrades at union station um you know itself as well. hotels are always upgrading, so there's a lot of plans for for to upgrade hotels and in different entertainment districts um you know ballpark Village is going to be doubled in size. um they're going you know right Busch the bush state, they're gonna double that so that that they're gonna put a shovel on the ground later this year wow. uh, to get phase two going there uh you're gonna see. I just you know there's there's more people moving downtown there's more restaurants there's more bars there's more and then the the arts grounds just went underneath a under a 380 million dollar renovation that comes online this year this summer so you know it's there's a lot of new things going on here in St. Louis and uh, you know we we totally get it that 2017 wasn't our brightest year as far as uh, you know it's showcasing our our community, but um, we're, we're going to have it ready to go in the very near future.
0: Yeah, the changes are really exciting, especially to folks, you know, like obviously you, but even to folks like me that, you know, love the city and, and really want to be able to put their best foot forward. So um, if people are listening to this, and especially if there's people in St. Louis listening to this and they wanted to be a volunteer or they want to support, you know, the Nationals, any of the sporting events, you know, how do they, how do they get a hold of the sports commission if they want to be a part of that?
1: I mean, the best way is just go to our website and take a look at, you know, kind of look around there and stlsports.org. You know, there's a lot of information there and they can reach out to me personally. My, my contact information is right there. Um, you know, send me a note and, and let me know your interest and, uh, and, um, and we'll, we'll take it from there. You know, we've got a, we've got, we have a great staff. And um, that's always willing to, you know, always looking for help. So, sure, if they want to visit the site, that's probably the best way to do it. Fantastic.
0: Is there anything else from your point of view that you'd like the listeners to know? I mean, I, I tried to ask a few smart questions, but you know, is there anything I missed that you'd you'd like to touch on?
1: No, uh, you know, I think I think you killed it. I mean, I think, you know, I think, you know, I think St. Louis just has a passion for the sport. Now we're blessed geographically of where we are in the. Sure. And the wrestling footprint, and we understand that. And uh, but you know, the one thing that I I don't I don't ever want to have happen is to take this event for granted. You know, I we don't take it for granted. You know, we we meet and we're talking about 2021 already. Right. And we're talking about taking this up to the next level. And we want to we we want to see if it's here or if it's anywhere else. We want to see it sell out, and we want to see the the fan experience be off the charts. And so. I would just say that, you know, we never want to be accused of resting on our laurels and um, you know, the great experience that we've been able to to provide, you know, we always want to keep raising that bar, so to speak. So that's the one thing. So if anybody has and you know, we do we do read the comments. You know, those those comments about um about St Louis and the event are are, are you know, sometimes they hurt but sometimes they're great They love the new ideas. So anytime anyone has an idea, I'd send it along. You know, send it along. Look at our website and contact information there, stlsports.org. Send us a note. If you have any ideas about how to make the championships better, we'd love to, you know, hear from them and work with the NCAA to make it a great event.
0: Yeah, I think one of the coolest things about you is your your willingness and almost the requirement in your personality for evolution to continue to grow and to – and, you know, like, like you said, like you go to the events when they're at other places and, you know, you're not you're not looking at like, well, let's see if they're doing it worse than us. Like, what are they doing that we can use? You know, what what can we implement? What can be better? And I, I think that people need to understand that, that this is not something that just happened. You don't just put these committees together and, you know, a hundred and however many thousand people roll through the turnstiles in three days. It, it just doesn't happen. I mean, I run that very small event comparison to what you're doing and that thing eats up about nine months of my life. I mean, I'm kind of happy you guys didn't get the bid in 2019 because, you know, I'd like a <laughs> chance to grow some hair and maybe go have a beer. But, um, so, uh, I mean, I think it's, it's just a massive undertaking. I do want to publicly thank you for all your help with the Missouri border brawl and helping us raise money for the veterans with amputations. It, it you're, you're helping us change, change guys' lives and men and women's lives that really deserve it. So I want to thank you for well, that.
1: Well, like I said, you know, the the sport is filled with, with guys like you that give back. And you know, anytime you see that you wanna you wanna know those people and you wanna help. So we're we're happy to help in any way we can and, and like you know, like we always say, you know, the it's bigger than the sport. You know, it's bigger than you know it's you know to have those kind of national champions champions and the and the team champions and all that, that's 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 critically important, you know, to celebrate those student-athletes. But, um, you know, the event, the sport has a has a huge impact, and we want to maximize that impact on the theater.
0: Yeah. Chris, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I think, you know, people are talking about the bids, and it's funny because, you know, a lot of people are, you know, there's conjecture, and to have a guy like you on that's an expert in this bidding process and how it works and, you know, the economic impact and, you know, the the pros and cons of domes and arenas and all that kind of stuff you know, you taking the time to walk us through that, I, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me.
1: Well, uh, the, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. I'd love to love to talk about the championship whenever we get a chance. And uh, and uh, you know, we're like I said, we're working on it for 2021. We never rest.
0: Yeah, I know that man. So thank you so much again for coming on, ladies and gentlemen. That was Chris Roseman, the Vice President of the St. Louis Sports Commission. This was Matt Chat. Thank thank you very much. Talk to you next week.